Hey, Brian here. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Go Be More podcast. For those of you who've never heard of Go Be More Apparel, I just want to take a moment to tell you what we're about. We believe we all have a responsibility to chase our dreams, and we want to give you the motivation, the mindset, and the permission to do it. We want our apparel to be a constant reminder of your commitment to achieving your goals. We want the words Go Be More to remind you of your dreams and your next steps every time you see them. As for this podcast, every Tuesday I speak with John Rankin, world-class miler, kidney disease survivor, and founder of Go Be More, about topics that will help to unlock your potential and get you moving forward. Every Friday we interview a special guest to learn more about their Go Be More journey. In this episode, we speak with Kobe Miller, former U.S. sprinter and Olympic silver medalist, about growing up on a farm in Louisville, Mississippi, and the path that led him to the Olympic Games. A high school state champion in 8th grade, Miller's talent was undeniable, but it wasn't until much later that he focused exclusively on track and field. We discussed the many coaches, mentors, and relatives who played a major role in Kobe's success, and how he now pays it forward in his coaching and social media. Kobe has so many great philosophies, and we repeatedly found ourselves saying how we preach these ideas, and he's out there living them. Kobe's a great man and an inspirational voice. We hope you enjoy this talk with him. Alright, on to the episode. Kobe Miller, welcome to the Kobe Moore Podcast. Thanks for having me. Uh, good to be with you guys on a Friday afternoon. So I'm excited to be here and uh, excited to share my journey. Real quick, Kobe, uh, where where are you actually located? So that just to, just for our listeners, so so they know where you're located. So actually, I'm here in uh, Roswell, Georgia. So I'm in Georgia, uh, about 15 minutes from downtown Atlanta. So I'm here in Georgia at the moment. Oh, okay, yeah, right. my sister's out that way. Actually, she's in uh, I think uh, Pelham, Pelham, Georgia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard of Pelham. Yeah. Yep, yeah, that's where she's at. So you're you're from the South. Have you been living in in Georgia? Most of your life? I thought I read before you're from Mississippi. Is Georgia a new location I, for you? Well, I've kind of lived all over. I lived in California. I was there for all up until about 2007, 2008. And then I still own, I still own property back in Alabama where I went to school at an Auburn. still had a house there. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. I was in California. I loved being out there. It was fun. I stayed like right around the street from the uh, Rose Bowl. So it's kind of fun. But oh, nice. the thing is, when you got family back on back here on this coast, they yeah. were like, you know, if something happens, you know, how the heck are we going to get over to California or whatever? So then that kind of got me to thinking, maybe I should move back. So then I moved back to Auburn for about a, two years, 2009, and s- sold my house that was there. And then I ended up moving to Georgia, a little bit bigger See, city, because, you know, I, I went to school at Auburn and so many people so many so many people there so i just kind of want a different vibe ah. so i've been in atlanta since 2000 nice well atlanta's a great city you got great food you got the great entertainment you got all the, the music scene is is amazing and uh and it is a big city it's one of those like surprisingly big cities that i think people don't realize how big atlanta really is yeah the culture here is really really beautiful there's people from all walks of life you know and uh so it's just uh i think it's just it's just a place that if you want to just kind of settle down and, and, and not in this places to live all over Atlanta. So you can, if you want, if you don't want to be away from all the hoopla and everything, you can move on Oscar. So that's kind of where I am. Right. So yep. if I want to go to this thing, you know, that's a fun experience for me just to go and see the culture down there. Like, going um see the graffiti on the walls that they write. On. <laughs> so it's kind of like a fun experience. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kobe, um, 
I want to get us started off actually talking a little bit about your past because I know you grew up in in Louisville, Mississippi, which is you know not the most famous Louisville in, in the country. <laughs> what uh, what uh, can you tell us a little bit about Louisville, Mississippi? What was your what was it like growing up and and a little bit you know maybe about your family? I don't know. Do you have brothers and sisters? What what kind of yeah. work did your parents do? Stuff like that. So I come from a family of five. Uh, well, yeah, I have three three sisters and one brother. And I'm the fifth one, but I am the youngest out of my four siblings. Wow. So, yeah, I grew up, grew up in Mississippi in a little small town. It's probably about 10,000 people. If you, if you drive through and close your eyes, you miss the whole city. So <laughs> I, grew up there. I grew up there. So <laughs> so uh, my experience there, um, grew up on a farm, kind of like uh, raising really? all the animals and everything. Wow, yeah, that's I cool. Yeah, how to do that at an early age. My grandma lived to be 103 before she passed wow. in 2005. So she definitely, you know, kept the farm going and everything. So it's kind of good to see and learn skills that, you, that I'm now using early on in my life uh-huh. is to be able to, you know, learn how to survive in times when you feel like you can't. So I, I'm so grateful for my grandmother teaching me those lessons. Like actually growing up, her house was like probably one of my favorite places to go. And I used to love yep. to stay with her on the weekends because she learned so much and and in uh-huh. so little of a time. So being able to grow up on a farm, that taught me a lot of skills that, you know, I use in my life today. So, uh, can I ask you, family, like your grandma? She she must have grown up. I mean, she saw such a huge change in in life in yeah. Mississippi, right? Like for a hundred, she she was born in nineteen o two. It sounds like that. Nineteen, and that's yeah, like, nineteen, somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, did she talk a lot about about like that experience? You know, like civil yeah. rights stuff. I can't imagine. I just feel like she must have been totally in, aware of everything. Yeah, and have all those stories. Yeah, like some beautiful stories of just being able to like the civil rights movement, just to see people finally get a chance to have their freedom and everything. Mm. So she talks about that. She used to tell me about that a lot now. And then to see now what's going on in this world, not all those things she, she used to talk about used to make sense about like how you couldn't do this, how you can do that. Like there were times where they would have to, you know, you couldn't use this restroom or you couldn't use that restroom. Uh, but wow. like to see it now and now it's coming, seems like it's coming back around. Mm. So all those things she used to talk about, you know, I, I see now. I see now. Did you learn the things that you learned from her uh, in terms of the stories that she shared? Because you already know how this goes. Like when the when the when our elders start sharing these stories, there's all these lessons in them. Did you do you feel like there are, there were a lot of lessons that sh- that you gained from those stories that you're finding yourself trying to apply with regards to what's going on right now? You know, especially in the United States. Well, she always tell me, like, you know, that she she say, baby, you know what? There's so much going on in the world. But she say, you know what? An eye for an eye makes the whole world blind. Yeah. So just because somebody, you know, may be doing you wrong or whatever, don't necessarily you have to get back at them that way. So she always taught me to be respectful, be humble. And even when the situations may not turn out the way you want it to turn out, just kind of look for the good in that situation. If you find the good in the situation, and normally that usually turns out pretty good. So, like, if, if you see, like, like, right now we've seen a lot of violence going on in the world. Right. Um, but at the same time, what can we find from that that we can find the good in to turn it into a positive situation? Because I think there's more than one way to, to do things. And, you know, like right now we see, like, a lot of the protesting going on. These people just want to be heard because the world is hurting. So people mm. just want to be heard. Mm-hmm. And so if you can find some some good in the way to translate so the world can understand that there's a need for different things to happen, 
And then I think it'll make things go a lot better than what they are going now. What, what do you think your grandmother would say to uh, to us, right? To all of us, you know, not not just black people, but all of us, you know, you know, that's that's here and and can contribute to progress uh, in our country and and as a and and globally as a as a human race. You know, what, what what do you think she'd tell us, or what do you think she would say to you in terms of what's the best way to approach keeping um, keeping I, these I, I think improving she would things? Probably say in this moment, like lead with love you know mm, because mm-hmm. I, I think that the world is hurting so much and i think that there's a better way even though like we see all the protesting is going on, i think that's a beautiful thing but that's the way to do it peacefully but i think if you lead with love and your intentions are good i think she would say you know what lead with love there's a better way to do things make your voices heard but do it in a loving and peaceful way yeah and i think if, if you do it that way you have less you, you have a better impact on what's going on if you can lead with love. Because right now, if you lead with a lot of anger and a lot of hate, you're only just making yeah. things worse. So if we can just learn as individuals to lead with love and compassion and have compassion for other human beings, things will be will probably be better than where they are now. It's a great sentiment. Lead with love. I I, I believe that she would say that, and it's one, I I love that you're sharing that because I think that that's what a lot of people would benefit from here, regardless of of. What's you know where they may stand uh, overall? Uh, I think that ultimately people want peace and and want to feel safe, and I don't think that that's possible without love. So I I love, love hearing that. We gotta leave with love. <laughs> yeah, we got to leave with love. Yes, sir. You know that's I, you can see that Kobe and everything you're doing today, yes. and I want to I want to talk about that. But if you're all right, I want to hold on in Mississippi a little bit because you're you're the youngest of five kids, right? So so you're the baby in the family. You're growing up yes, on the farm. I am. Right. Like, uh, was your family a really athletic family? Were all your siblings really into sports? And and how did you how did you find yourself getting into sports? That's all we did. Like, that's why we kept ourselves busy. Growing up as kids, like I would compete with the like me being five, six year old. I wanted to compete with the big people like my sister. I have a sister that was a really, really good basketball player. So she got basketball scholarships and stuff. So I wanted Mm. to, you know, she would practice and stuff. I wanted to jump in there and, and, and learn too. So we, that's the way how we <laughs> learned cool. learn different skills early growing on. It's like, you know, I, I'm growing up with five people. I don't want to play with the little people. I want to play with the big people so I can <laughs> competitive too. So uh, yep. that's how we learn how to, you know, different skills and stuff when it comes to athletics. It's just to, you know, you work hard for what you want to achieve and, and you hope one day that those skills and stuff will pay off. So um, my sisters family and I were, we're all pretty close. Um, pretty much talk every other day or so. So I'm probably have gone the farthest in my athletic career than anybody has gone. Yeah. But you know, I'm I'm so grateful for, for being able to learn and being able to apply those skills from what I learned as a child from even growing up on the farm that if you work hard, you know, and you put your mind to something, you can make it happen. Yep. You know, reading about you, it sounds like you did develop really well as an athlete because I was looking up your history i'm like well he's an olympic sprinter he must have been good in high school and stuff too and i read i believe that you actually were like a state champion when you were still in junior high school like an eighth grader competing at the high school level can you talk a little bit about like how did you even get that opportunity as an eighth grader to to be able to compete at a higher level in high school and then and then have that kind of success well i kind of knew like early on that i was very competitive like even as a, as a young kid because i would always want to play with the bigger people and I yep. would get in there and they would give me a chance to play and I would just shine. So I just knew wow. that that competitive spirit inside of me uh, would take me somewhere far. I didn't know where it was going to take me. Then I noticed that, you know, I was a faster than a lot more of the kids that was on the block. 
And so uh, by the time I got to the eighth grade, I was discovered by one of my mentors, signed by Coach MC Miller. So as an eighth grader, I got put on the high school track team after going out for the eighth grade. So that's how I knew, like, if I, if I got moved up from, the, from being an eighth grader to the high school track team and then become state champion that year, that's how I knew I had something special. Yeah. And, and, and having that mentor and that guidance that Coach Miller gave me, uh, that kind of just only pushed me to the next level because he was, he was a tough coach. He was mm. a tough coach. Like, mm-hmm. you did it and you did it and you did it until you got it the way he wanted to, to – wanted you to do it. Wow. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to this day <laughs> to this day, like I, I can still hear him in, in my head sometimes when I don't want to do stuff. He's like, you you're gonna do it again until you get it. Until you get it. So those type of things, you know, pushing me to to go beyond the limits of what my body could do, I think that definitely pushed me forward into pursuing, you know, a bigger dream is wanting to compete for the Olympics. But yeah, like early on he, he really pushed me. He was really, really tough. <laughs> I have a when when did you know that you you know having that kind of success early early on I mean for sure I have to say that that's amazing that you were able to stay focused and driven and not get caught up in it because that's I know that's a challenge MC Miller was uh, must have been very instrumental in keeping you focused when did you know that you wanted to take it to that next level though like like when you started thinking about kind of going to those higher levels like you know Olympics and things like that when did that start to kind of come up for you actually probably around my going into the ninth grade um i knew that i wanted to then pursue the olympics so i started like you know seeing what was olympics about like i learned about jesse owens i did like a paper on him and i was just so inspired by him being able to go and do what he wanted to do so i was like okay i may not be as fast as he is but i know that i'm fast i'm beating all these high school kids as, as an eighth grader in school so I, I know that with the with the coachings and teachings that I've got from Coach Miller, uh, I would be able to pursue that and go farther. So once I, I learned skills on how to apply it on the track and everything and, and learned that I had to work hard, if, in order to do what you want to do, you got to do what other people are not doing. So I pushed myself every day. And I got into football as well. I was uh-huh. on a football um, state championship team. So by the time I got to senior in high school, I, I I knew that I was going somewhere because I started to get all these like recognitions to go to any college that I wanted to go to in the world. So that's crazy. Um, I pursued that uh, state championship twice actually in football, and then track was just one of my first loves, and so I always went back to that. And um and like having someone in my corner like Coach Miller that pushed me to to be the best even in the classroom. You know, and through all of it, you got to stay humble. You got to be hungry, but you got to stay humble. Uh-huh. And I learned that, you know, humbleness takes you a long way. That's what things kind of really took off. And I knew that I, if I worked at it, I, I would have a shot at, at uh, making it to the Olympics one day. And voila, two of them. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. You know, back around ninth grade when you start thinking about it, and, and you made a comment. I don't remember exactly right now the word you said, but it was like you, you got to do what other people aren't doing, right? You got to you got to put in the work. And do yeah. you feel like that was a, something that that came through your your family? Was that something naturally? Was that something that that Coach Miller kind of really like pushed you to, to to adopt that that mindset? I, I think it goes back to a lot of what my grandma used to tell me. You know, if you want something, you got to work hard. In the times that we were living in back then, you know, all we had was our farm for food and everything. So. If we wanted to have a successful farm, you got to get out here and work. You got to get out here and put in the work to make yeah. things successful. So that goes back to that. And so I, I transferred that over to like, okay, I know that I'm good with this talent because I believe that we all have a talent on the inside of us. Mm-hmm. It's up to yeah. us to 
find out what that is and perfect it. And when you do that, it's no telling what your life, where your life will take you. So I knew that I was fast and I knew that if I uh, worked hard and put in the work, I knew it was going to take me somewhere. I just knew it. That's amazing. So you, 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 as your senior year, you're getting all these college offers and stuff. Obviously, you're a great sprinter. But football is the is is like the choice. I feel like if you want to try to make a bunch of money, you want to be famous, you want to like, you know, when you're looking at track and field and you look at your future there, it's really easy to be like, well, there's only three guys who go to the Olympics, in 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 100 meters, for example. Whereas in football, you know, right. like, yeah, you know, hundreds of people can make a great living. So, how did you end up actually choosing track and field over football? I think for me, I had. Um, in high school, I was I, I I had won a state championship in track. That was probably my first love because that's why I got my start. Mm-hmm. And you know, people started to see that you're faster and stuff. They want you to yep. try for the football team. Got on the football team, excelled at that as well. And I probably could have gone and made it onto the NFL if I had a really really pursued it. Because I, I I I will say I understood the game of football. I understood the plays. Understood because this goes back to your childhood. You gotta. You got to put in the work. You got to work hard. You got to become a student of whatever you want to achieve. You got to be- become a student of that. And so yeah. I studied the plays. I studied, I watched film. I studied, why did I do this? I studied, I stayed up nights. Like, well, I could have been, you know, doing homework and stuff because I wanted to be the best that I could yeah. be in when I get out there. So I studied that and then I became great at the football. And like, I, that would be times in, I remember being in games where halftime, I'm already up three or 400 yards just for me alone being the running back of the team. So, um, <laughs> well, when you got that I, speed, I, right? Like once you break yeah, away, nobody can catch you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So speed was definitely, definitely something that I, I believe that I was blessed with. And I, and I knew that if I worked at it, it would, it would take me somewhere. So yeah, I, I, I enjoy football and I know that I probably could have gone, um, on further in football, but I just went back to the, to the, to my first level of track and it, and it, it took me, than I can ever imagine. I probably could have made more money in football, but it's not always about the money. It's about finding your passion and what you're passionate about and and putting in the work and being the best at it. No, I love that. That right there is part of the message that we're trying to convey with Go Be More, right? Everybody has is going to find their thing. You, you keep looking for it, and when you find it, then you got to do the work and you got to mm-hmm. you got to refine that that talent that you have and that that ability that you have. And find your niche, like whatever it is that's gonna that's gonna make you stand out and, and have the life that you want to live, right? Absolutely, um, yeah, absolutely. So you ended up going to Auburn, and I remember you from Auburn. And we, I was in school at that time, and and you know, big track fan, trying you know, paying attention. Yeah. Didn't really know the sprints as well, but you know, you had you guys had some great runners there. You had John Capel, you had Terrence Trammell, you had you had some other guys in out there and, uh, mm-hmm. and I'm forgetting all the names of uh, Sean Crawford. I don't know. These, these are guys who end up yeah, becoming yeah. multi-time yeah, Olympians yeah. and everything. Right. And you guys are, are just always at the leader, at the top of the leaderboards in uh, at the NCAA championships and stuff, finishing one, two and everything. It's like mm-hmm, the SEC, mm-hmm. you know, uh, so <laughs> I, I'm curious, you know, how you ended up choosing Auburn and, and so can you talk a little bit about your experiences running at the NCAA level, you know, competing over there in the, in the Southeast at that time? Yeah, so I'll take it back to, you know, uh, after, you know, winning those two state championship football uh, things, I started to get letters from all over. So at the point in time, I didn't know whether I wanted to pursue football or I wanted to go on a pursue track. But I knew that when the Olympics came around, I wanted to at least try try out for if I got the chance to do it. I got the letters from colleges, and you ended up, at the time, you had to take five visits. Yeah. So, of course, I took all five. <laughs> I think I took... <laughs> I took one to I took one to 
uh, let me see. I took one to Ole Miss. I took one to Tennessee. I took one to LSU. Um, I took one to was it Mississippi State? Mississippi State. And then I took the last one to Auburn. Those are my five. Well, mm-hmm. uh, actually, not not Mississippi State. TCU, Texas Christian oh. University. I took, oh, okay. That, that was that was one of the ones I, I I was going to consider it when I got the track scholarship offer. So. I ended up, you know, looking at taking all five of the visits or whatever to the, to, to the school. Uh, I immediately eliminated, I like Ole Miss, but I wanted to be out of Mississippi. Okay. Because I wanted to have uh-huh. a, a different experience. So I immediately did, you know, I didn't want to go there because I was already in Mississippi. And back then, you know, times was not the best. And I wanted mm-hmm. to get away. I wanted to get away. So that led me down to um, – I ne- took all my, took my visits to TCU. I really love that. I actually have a good buddy that went to the TCU. Uh, but uh, what's, what's his name? Spencer? Spencer, please. He was there. But anyway, he was a fast sprinter. Mm-hmm. But they had a very, very good track and field team at the time. So went there, liked the school, but I don't know why I, w- I didn't want to be in Texas either. So, <laughs> <Okay>. so, uh, <laughs> so I ended up going to a junior college first just to see how I would do. And that's when I ended up at Meridian. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, in a bet Meridian, that was the first year they we had actually the coach of from old Mister Head Coach. His son Joe Walker was the first year coach at Meridian when we won the national championship there as a junior college. So when I did that, that was by the name man by the name of Ralph Spry. This man used to come to my practice probably three days out of the week, every day, and just his enthusiasm, his drive, his his focus just cheering me on, didn't even know me, but he had heard about me because, you know, we'd done well. And I was a national champion there at the time. So he would drive all the way over from Alabama because I think he was going to take the job at Auburn. So he would drive mm-hmm. over every day, not every day, but three three days out of the week just to, just to watch me practice. And I see him in the stands. He would cheer me on, you know, go, 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 go. And that kind of like, I was like, wow, this man, you know, he's driving three days a week already to watch me practice. And I knew he was going to be coming up to Auburn because I think Harvard Glance was leaving going to Alabama at the time. And I knew mm-hmm. Coach Rod was going to take that job. So he would come over and watch. And we had a conversation. And when I got the, the okay to transfer over, and I knew he was going to be there. So that's when I ended up at Auburn on a full track and, full track and, scholarship, track and field scholarship from Auburn. Wow. So that's huh. how I ended up at Auburn. That's how you recruit the top people. You gotta, you gotta go put in, put in the extra, the extra time. Yeah. It was really, really uh, went after you there. That's amazing. Yep, you gotta show people that you care. Like if you, if you, like it's, it shouldn't just be about you just wanting to get somebody on your team. But you, even like now, like you, you have to make people feel appreciated. You yeah. know, they may not be doing everything that you want them to do it in your way, but you make people feel appreciated. And I think if you make people feel appreciated, no matter what you're doing. That, that helps you get to the next level as well. So Coach Brian, you know, he was that guy for me. He made me feel like that I could conquer the world. He's like, you know, you come to Auburn under me and everything. It was his first year. So it was, was kind of like a connection that we made. And I yep. knew that, and still this day, like, he's he's like a father to me. Like, um, I was going to ask, yeah, to if, he still was, success, if he was still in touch yeah, with them. Yeah. Just to see the success that he's had there at that school yep. and uh, everything and knowing that I, 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 I helped put that school on the map. It's, we, we have a very, very special relationship. Yeah. So uh, that, that's what it was about for me, the connection that we had, the, the drive that it had for this family. And he made me feel like that I was the best on the track every day. That's, that's how it made me feel. So I was like, you know what? It's a win situation for me. That's amazing. So that's yeah. I ended up Auburn. You need those kinds of people in your life, you know? So it's wonderful that you had that type of relationship with them before you even got to – you can kind of see that in him before you got to Auburn and obviously – 
yeah. it was the right decision and you listen to your gut, which what I'm hearing is as, as, as Brian's asking these, these great questions, you kind of going through your story. That seems to be a theme is that you listen to your heart, you listen to your gut and it steered you, it's steering you and I think down a path that's meant for this right for you. This, this keeping you happy. I mean, your energy looks, feels great. You look great. And I think that that's important for people to, to hear. And, and no, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, as I'm listening to your story and, and no, obviously we've connected, you know, through Instagram and we've stayed in touch and yeah, we're getting definitely. to know each other. But the, the mm-hmm. thing that I've, I've felt, I've seen and, and, and feel even right now. And I just want to acknowledge it is that that's a beautiful part about what it seems to be how you're making these wonderful decisions and having these great, um, successes in your life and wonderful experiences. You're listening to your heart. You really are, you know, and yeah, you yeah. have a lot of talent, so you could go in a lot of different directions. And I don't think that choosing football over track is an easy decision by any means, because there are a lot of reasons to choose the, one of the more na- major sports over the lesser known sports. And financially, that is a big reason. And that's not that nobody should be knocked for that because it's not easy. But the world is a very challenging place when it comes to having stable income and most people right now are, mm-hmm. are, are definitely experiencing that. So for you to be able to make decisions based on your passion, um, I think that's a very important thing for people to understand because it still can lead to a fruitful financial future. Uh, but more and more than that, I think it leads to better health mentally and, and physically, as well as I think a lot, a lot more joy. And, and that's important to, yeah. to acknowledge, you know? And just, and just to add on to that, I would say I think a lot of times now people don't allow themselves to listen to their heart. Like we we, uh-huh. we we tune into so much noise of the world, so we just begin to just tune into our own, you know, self consciousness. And, uh-huh. and I think when you're able to 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 get still and just be able to just feel the energy within your body leading you to make uh, good decisions, uh-huh. I, I I think that's very helpful when you learn to listen to your heart. And uh, intuition is very, very powerful. Like I've always learned, and my girls to say, if, if you have doubt, that means don't. But if you have something that's keep nagging at you on the inside and that you just can't stop thinking about, that's probably leading you to, to pursue that or, or leading wow. you to, to pursue that dream that may happen. But like I said, if, you, if you're having doubt about something, clearly that, that's, that's not that's not the path you should be on right now. Now you may be able to come back to it later, yeah. but if you're having doubt about something that you're making a big decision on, means don't. Just sit, sit and wait. Sit and wait. Sit in oh, yourself and wait. I Sit love yourself, that. Just learn and just, yeah. and just listen. And, and, and then when, you, when you're in that space, then eventually it becomes clear. Okay, now I understand this is the path that I should that I should go. And when you get that, that then you know you're on the right path. Wow. Yeah, that's powerful. I love hearing that. It's a good reminder. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. We need to yeah. hear that often. I mean, it's it's it, there's a there's a reason why you have these feelings and. I mean, I know a lot of people have a hard time it's, trusting the energy. I, it's very powerful. And, and even when you say, it, even though I believe it and I live by it, I mean, it's funny because sometimes people be like, nah, man, that doesn't make any sense, John. But I'm like, intuitively, it makes a lot of sense, you know, even if it doesn't look right. <laughs> you know what? Go ahead. Not saying, and, and you know what? Like, like, like when, when it's, when, when you really, really know, it's not going to make sense on the inside. Mm-hmm. It's not going to make sense. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to make sense. Right. So you just got to, you just got to just listen to your body. It's speaking to us all the time. And it's like, if, if you mm. really like take time to sit in that, your body speaks to you all the time. Mm-hmm. We just, we're just so busy caught up into the noise of the world that so we can't hear. Mm-hmm. But can, I ask you, can I ask you a question about this, Kobe? Because 
yeah. as a, as an athlete, one of the things that we have to deal with is how we feel prior to a race, right? Like you, you might be heading into the race yeah. and sometimes your body can be telling you, man, my legs are tired or, or maybe they're telling you, they're telling you, you didn't get enough sleep or you're, or mm-hmm. you're just, you're stressing because your workouts haven't been good or you're whatever, right? You're, so I, I, when you're getting, uh, when you're heading to the starting line, do you, what do you, how do how do you interpret like, you know, if you've got your doubts, if you've got your, if you've got your, 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 your you don't feel a hundred percent, like, What's your strategy for stepping on the line and making sure you get the best out of yourself? Uh, like I, I try to visualize myself the night before, before I go to bed, where I can lie in bed and meditate and think about, you know, how I'm going to run this race or what I wanted to accomplish in the race. Learning to focus on, you know, things that I've worked on in practice to prepare for the race. But even when you're going through warm up, I know if I'm going to have a good race, but I know I'm going to have a bad race. It goes back to what my body is telling me. Mm-hmm. Like you can go out on the track and compete with the best people. You can run 10 flat 9-9 nine, nine one day, and then the next day, your body's not going to have it. Mm-hmm. So like, sometimes I'm just like, now with the way they're running, I was like, how in the world? Like you can go out and run 9-6, nine, 9-7, nine, and then come back and do that over and over again, like back to back. I, that's, still, that's still a revelation to me because mm-hmm. – even the few times that I was able to go into 10 seconds, my body was done for a week. Oh, I really? <laughs> I can't go back and constantly do that. I mean, but now I think with the training technology that people have and everything, I mean, the impossible is impossible. Yeah, so, um, it's probably a lot of a lot of different factors, right? I mean, the recovery uh, is is it's all about mm-hmm. recovery. Ultimately, it's not that you couldn't. Taking, I'll just yeah. tell you straight up, real quick, just to jump in. It's not because you couldn't do it, Kobe. Because obviously, man, you could do it. But the thing was, physic phys- physiologically, if there's there's no recovery, that if you're not recovering, it's really challenging. And there's now nutrition's better in a lot of ways. There's the timing of mm-hmm. when you eat certain things what things you're doing, the tweaking of d- different training schedules. I mean, you could attribute some stuff to the, to the te- technological advances as far as the, the equipment and maybe even the improvement of the uh, surface of the track. But I mean, that that only helps so much. I mean, you still got to run 9.6, you know? You still have to actually do it, you know? And to do it regularly, I, I agree with you. There's definitely dramatic improvements in terms of the uh, the quality of training and the approach to the training um that's 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 happened over the last couple of decades and i think too like yeah athletes now like uh back then for when we were running and coming through you you got you got compensated pretty decently but like the the most of the income that i made came from races that i ran in europe not from the contracts that i got and it's crazy now because Mm. now these days athletes are getting bigger contracts so you're getting bigger sponsors so you're able to train better you're able to go like you can go and train in europe for the whole summer where the good weather is and everything but like when we was coming through most of my income came off the money that from appearance fees that i that i would get before a race uh before my contract you know i I was was with nike for for eight years you know they did me well but at the same time the contracts now are a lot bigger and then you got the pressure from these people because you got if you're if you're running Ranking the top five, you got to maintain that. Yeah, you got to yeah. maintain it because if you don't, they, then they start chipping away at your contract. So you have to maintain that. So now these athletes are putting a lot of pressure to 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 maintain all these you know things in the contract that you have to uh, be held accountable for. Yeah, I ran for Nike for about uh, six years, and I remember the the type of uh, what what was in the contract 
uh, as far as like, you know, requirements, stipulations to a certain extent. And again, I, Nike was very good to me as well as a, as a middle distance runner. Mm-hmm. So I have, I have no complaints. They gave me, uh, you know, <laughs> they made <laughs> my dream come true. I, I was a professional athlete. I mean, that's for a lot of people, a lot of young men and a lot, a lot of little boys and girls, they dream of being professional in, in their sports. Uh, and, so, no, I'm truly grateful for the opportunity. But just in terms of speaking about it, you're right. There are all those nuances in terms of benchmarks and things to sustain, you know, stipulations to maintain certain rankings and obviously stipulations if you don't hit those numbers, you know, or hit those rankings and performances and stuff like that. And yeah. and I can only imagine how much higher it is and how much more challenging it is because the performances have improved. It's more competitive than, it, than it, I, I believe it ever was before because of mm-hmm. the types of performances we're seeing. And I think there's more people reaching higher levels and competing at the higher levels throughout the world. Yeah, it's an interesting time, you know, watching the sport now, not necessarily competing at the professional level anymore, but having gone through it, we know what it's like and and we know it's better in some ways, but we also know that there's there's expectations that come with that, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I was going to say now, like if like people who are out there who are looking to, you know, go professionally in some sport, whatever sport you are actually involved in, uh-huh. I would say when you come into a certain amount of money, learn to be learn. To, first, I would say this, learn to respect it, because if you don't respect money, and when you're coming into the type of money and you never really had, you, you find yourself blowing it. And I did that. And okay. I'm not afraid to say that I didn't. Mm-hmm. I, I, not, I, I wouldn't say that I blew a lot of it, but it's just the fact that I, I gave so much away. Like in, you know, helping families out that didn't back in my hometown because I came from nothing. So it was hard for me as an athlete if I saw my brother down the street or you have to be my brother, cousin, whatever. If I saw you down the street and I knew you struggling, you came from the same environment that I came from then it's hard to say no to people like that. Mm-hmm. So I did get that portion of that. But I tell people too now, when you're coming into a business like this and you, and you get money from these endorsements and things, you have to learn to respect that. Because if you don't, you'll find yourself blowing money that you, you'll be like, wow, I blew that much money. Wow. What, what did the money go? Yeah. At the same yeah. time, you got to invest in something. Invest in something, whether it's giving back to the community or something, but invest, invest your money so that when the little – whether if you choose track and field when that's over, you have something to fall back on. Yeah. When you were training, Kobe, were you thinking at what point during your career did you start thinking about what you're going to do after your career? Were you really <laughs> forward thinking about that? Or is that something that you kind of put off until your career ended and then it was like, oh, now I'm going to figure out what I'm going to do? Well, I kind of, kind of, like I said, I kind of like kind of knew what I wanted to do after this was over. Uh, because track and field, you aren't going to get so much, even though like you have some people. Now, like uh, Gatlin, who was a teammate of mine, so we, we won the silver medal together. He's still going to his level. So, I mean, we I can still do it. Yeah. Then you got Kim. I don't know if Kim Collins is still doing it, too, but he's another veteran that, you yeah, know, he is. Yeah. running crazy times, you know, at, at, the age, at the age that they are now. But, you know, my hat's off to those guys because that's a lot of work and there's a lot of training. It's a lot of wear and tear on your body. But, yeah, I kind of knew what I kind of wanted to got, get into when I, when I, when this was over, of course, like I said, it, it goes back to, I, I could probably could have, I know, I know I could have done well in a, in the NFL if I really would have pursued that. Uh-huh. But like I said, I'm so passionate about track. So that's what I wanted to do. So track only going to give you enough money for an amount of time or whatever. So mm-hmm. you have to have something to fall back on. Whereas football probably, you know, you get these longer, longer contracts and you, you know, people who retire from football, if they manage their money well, I mean, they're still living off their money. Yeah. So I kind of knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to go into inspiring 
and people mm-hmm. to be uh, to be their best selves. And I wanted to kind of coach people how to become better athletes because I think we're all have an inner athlete on the inside of us. Mm-hmm. So that's I think what I do now with people. Like I take ordinary people and I help them to unleash their inner inner athlete. But I've been able to. It sucks now because COVID came, but yeah. all during the summer times. I'm helping families. Like I can help the mother. I, I had it's a funny story. I had a lady that was 50, 60 years old mm-hmm. that started training with her, tried to help her unleash her, unleash her inner athlete. Yeah. Ended up, she got out to about a minute and minute and four minute and four minute and five quarter mile, one lap around. We worked and we worked. And wow. So then I ended up. What? In 50s. No. In 50s. <laughs> no. Faster than me now. Yeah. It looks, it looks amazing. Like if you saw it right now, the work yeah. that we did. I started with just her, so now I trained the whole family. But we haven't been able to do much because, you know, she's yeah. you know because of what's going on now. But that's what I like to do. I like to take ordinary people and make them see their inner athlete and turn them to be great athletes. <laughs> Man, that's fantastic. what I enjoy doing. <laughs> ah, that's just so cool. I mean, I feel like the unleash your inner athlete. You know, talking to we recently got to connect with uh, Kadivis Robinson. Uh, a good friend of mine and what a wonderful yeah yeah, he's a wonderful human being just like you kobe man you guys have the that 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 amazing uh insight i guess into what we all have right and in the the fact that you guys are willing to take the time and dedicate your life and, and, and in a lot of ways in the message that you do share when you share with people because you guys are Olympic athletes, this message of un- unleashing your inner athlete. I think something, uh, Brian, you might remember this better than I do. Like Kativa says something about like, um, um, something about like the, the Olympic, Olympic, Olympic mindset. The Olympian within or something. I can't yeah, remember. Saying, but, it was a similar idea. Yeah, it, yeah. It, but, but, but I, and I love that. I, I'm so glad to hear that, that idea you know, reflected in, in multiple individuals that, that have achieved that, that, uh, Olympic level, because I, I too believe the same thing, uh, which is why 13 years ago, this whole idea for go be more was born was because I'm like, well, I'm, I'm no different, you know? And yet I remember being 14 and I said, I'm going to be an Olympian. And everybody's like, you're crazy. And then I become an Olympian and I become a sub four minute yeah. miler and I do all these crazy things. And I'm like, but I'm just John. You know, and I'm, and so I, I, I don't think that I'm any better than anybody else because I did those things. I just said, I, I just realized that I just unleashed my inner athlete. I, and I, I, I unleashed go. my Olympian. I let him, I let him actually be. I let him come to the surface. Yes, and and I think that's in all of, I do think that's in all of us. So thank you so much for saying that and for being a champion of that because my goodness, we need a, we need a million Kobe Millers and Kadivas Robinsons out there because <laughs> you guys make you guys make us better, man. You make the world a better place by doing that. So thanks for doing that. That's so cool. And yeah. that's just I keep doing it, please, because and, and the fact that you do it with families. Oh yeah, that's it started huge. It started out just like yeah, one person and then I ended up doing the whole entire family. So it just kind of just grew from there. Yeah. But like, wh- whether it's, it's like running or whatever, if you want to play sports or whatever, I'm going to help you to learn discipline. I'm going to help you to learn, you know, educate yourself about what you're doing. Mm. Those are all things I, I call unleashing your inner athlete, whether it's, you know, learn how to eat properly, learn to listen to your body, learn to be dedicated, learn to be focused. All these things is unleashing, unleashing your inner athlete. That's what I call it. Like, like mm-hmm. or your inner I think we all have that. You didn't even have to run the sport, but you have that inside of you because, hey, that's how Gobi Moore was born. Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. You know, 
all the things that you're talking about, what you're teaching people, those are things that that you need to be successful in athletics, but they apply to every other aspect of your life. Right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and that's the key thing. Find, find, learning that you can have some success, that you've got this ability in one area of your life can help to unlock that ability in other areas as well. When you start applying the same skills that you use to be successful there to the other areas of your life. Absolutely. And, and, I, and, I, and I say too, something I've learned like even now, like in, in my life, like you, you should find one thing one thing every day that you're consistent in one mm-hmm. one thing whether whether that's reading a book whether that's getting up brushing your teeth with the same toothpaste or whether taking your you know your vitamins at 12 o'clock every day you should find one thing that you are consistent in every single day I love no matter it. what you're gonna do it <laughs> so, so Kobe, <laughs> everything you just said right now so we have this thing that we've we've been thinking about and trying to package it around and maybe we'll we'll later we'll, t- we'll talk with you a little bit more about this as well because it's called the just one challenge and mm-hmm. the whole idea is every day that one thing do that one thing do at least one of it whatever it is like you said if it's a push-ups like we talk about push-ups it's like get on the floor and at least do one push-up that's it you're gonna do it and so that's get- and the, so that's confirmation for you guys because that just that yeah. just came in my mind to share with you guys you, you should find so you guys should definitely move forward with that because whether it's telling like i said if, if you have a person that's trying to lose weight maybe they're four or five hundred pounds tell them walk 10 steps a day do that one thing consistent every day yeah do yep. it every day do it every day for 20, 20 30 days and, and just see where it takes you yeah it may motivate you more to, i'm gonna go 20 steps now mm-hmm. so i said do, do find one thing that you're consistent in every day and that's some that's one thing that I had to go back to and remind myself. I need to be consistent in one area of my life. So if I'm if I'm like I have a lot of stuff that I'm working on now, but yep. there have been times where I've been like, no, I didn't do anything towards that today. I need to find one area of my life that I'm gonna focus on something I'm gonna be consistent in every single day. Well, if- I'll tell you, one of the things I've commented to John many times is that I, one of the things I admire is that every day on Instagram there's one post. It's one post. It could be a, it could be a picture of you doing something. <laughs> yeah, it could be one yeah. of your quotes. It could be one of the things. But but it's it's like uh, it's very clear to me that you've got a you've got a system in place where you're gonna you're gonna do your one post every day and you're gonna and you're gonna just yeah. just use that to slowly build your community of people who who like what you have to say and and I admire it because I uh, I am a hundred percent about consistency over over uh, like maybe let's say like intensity. I think there are times mm-hmm. when you want to go hard and you want to put a lot of extra effort in. Let's say you want to you get a big big project over the line. Like you have to do that stuff sometimes. But mm-hmm. but as a general rule, you want to figure out how to just con- be consistent all the time. Consistency builds on itself. It doesn't it doesn't yeah, just stay absolutely. as a flat line. It, it it creates extra extra benefits down the road. And you have to too like even like with the whole Instagram thing. Like I started out just, you know, it's like saying to myself like what could I put out in the world today? That would inspire people. That's re- that they can relate to. Uh-huh. So I'm thinking when when I'm putting out content or whatever, I'm thinking in my mind, okay, how could I make my Instagram audience relate to this? And and then you come up with things that you want to inspire them with. And you have to know your audience. Like I don't know if you guys ever noticed. Like if if you really look into building your Instagram, there is a thing called insights. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you need to look look there and see what your audience is. You need to look and see what time they're active. The most people are active there. Instagram has that for you. So I know for my audience, 9 a.m. in the morning is when they're most active. Or 3, right. 12, 6, and 9 is when I know they're the most active. So I'm not going to post content until those times. Like yep. sometimes you'll notice most of my posts are 9 a.m. Uh-huh. Because I know my, my audience. I, I know my audience. 
And you have mm-hmm. to also engage with your audience, make people feel a part of, of what you got going on. Like when I started to do that and, and then see the posts that I shared, they grow, reach 50,000 people from your insight. Yeah. I'm just only just sharing, sharing stuff that I know people can relate to. Yeah. yeah. What does it do for you? Just out of curiosity, Kobe, when you when, when it started to take off in terms of the community that, that you've built and uh, continue to build through Instagram, how does it feel? When you're interacting with people, because I see a lot of those comments and I go, man, this is very meaningful. Like it actually means a lot to people. And then when you engage with them, I know it means a lot that that you're responding to them. Yeah, I mean, of course, I can't respond to all of them, but I do try to respond to most of the messages that I get. Like I've gotten some of the most beautiful messages. Mm -hmm. People say, oh, my God, your message touched me so much. So I, I know that if I'm posting something that's inspirational, I want to be thinking in my mind before I share it, how is this going to, how can people relate to this? So, and I think a part of that is, is allowing people to, to know that you're human as well. I mm-hmm. go through some of the same things you guys go through. I'm just sharing it in a way that it can relate to you. Mm-hmm. So I know if, if it relates to you, you're going to share it. So it's going to relate to your friend. So that's how, and when the post starts to really take off, like I was like, wow, you know what? I, I, I can do this and continue to grow. And then before you know it, I was at 10,000 followers and still growing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and, and that's a small following because I really didn't really take Instagram that serious until about last year. I was, you know, I, I didn't take it serious at all. I just thought it was just a place like you just go and share stuff. But I was like, you know what? There's so much hate and so much craziness going on in the world. Why not use the little platform that I have to to try and inspire people to think differently or see themselves better or believe in themselves or stay strong mentally. So you said I mean, it before, Kobe, yeah. like lead with love. Like I, I, I see yeah. your podcast, every, every one of your posts. And I think like when, when you said your grandma would tell you to lead with love, I feel like that's exactly how you've positioned your totally. Instagram feed. It's like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I, just, try to, yep. I try to lead with love and I, and I try it. to make people, make people feel uh, like I said, make people feel warm, make people feel that you care. I don't know you, but I, I much rather I much rather you tell me your story than me have to attend your funeral for something that you're you're mm. going through that you know there's mm-hmm. a lot of you know people who are dealing with suicidal thoughts. So I much rather I don't have to know you. Tell me your story. I'd rather you do that than have to see your family attend your funeral. Mm. So yeah. I try to be engaged with people because the world is hurting, people are hurting. Some people just need you to just say, you know what? I care about you. I believe in you. I believe you can do this. And when you do that, then they drive other people to your sighting. You know, that's got, you know, a couple from, from, from growing my, um, being inspirational, you know, now I'm starting to get, you know, little, you know, um, stuff from companies that reaching out to me and say, Hey, can you do this, do that? So, yeah. So I'm going to be, you know, sharing some of that stuff, but, but yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, that's amazing. I mean, you, you, you started with something that was just important to you internally. And you had this idea, how can I put something out there that's positive? How can I lead with love in this in this situation? And even though you weren't taking it totally seriously from a business standpoint, you were just, you know, being consistent. Just being consistent. <laughs> being consistent. And the consistency over time has led now to, you know, yeah. emotional offers and things that are mm-hmm. that are actually meet that that are it's coming back to you now. It, it, it didn't come back to you immediately, maybe in a year outside of some positive yeah, messages yeah. and some communications and stuff, but it's great. It's wonderful. It's exactly how I want people to think about, how, about getting Absolutely. started with what they're working on. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a great way to do it. Just stay consistent in, in what you're doing. And like I said, find it, find something you're consistent in every day and put the energy and effort into it and then just see where it takes you. Yeah. We, you, we only get one and, and it's okay to fail. It's okay to fail yeah. because failure, Failure makes you makes you stronger. You know, you get back up and do it again. So don't be afraid to fail. So if you put something out, if it doesn't work, 
then try something else, right? Try something else. You know what the just the just one challenge too. The reason why what you're saying as far as consistency is is kind of it's making me think. Well, it reminded me too, like you're doing what you're passionate about and you're staying true to what you're passionate about, which makes it easier to be consistent. I think like consistent. I know mm-hmm. that like the stuff that you're posting, it, it's so cool to hear about the, it's clear that your grandmother had such an influence, major influence <laughs> on you. Yeah. And, and, yes. but, but you're, but you're also very passionate about what you're saying. So you're that wonderful inspiration. It's almost like you getting to connect with your grandmother every day. And, and maybe you're not thinking about that, but that's clearly showing up. That's actually and good. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, so, like that. Well, I'm glad to share that because for me, I'm like, well, that would be something where it's like, oh, I get to connect with her every day. You know, um, mm-hmm. I, I have my own, my small, my own, my own little rituals. And I, I, I believe in the, the, the consistency of doing certain things because I wake up in the morning and I kiss a picture of my daughter every morning just because I want to do that. And it's That's like my way of good. connecting with her. Like every morning before I go to bed, I kiss the picture. It's the last thing I do. And it's the first thing I do. Then I'm like, and if I ever forget for a second, I'm like, I wake up and I go, hold on. I didn't kiss the picture. And it's like, I think that it's easy to stick with things. It's easy to go back and do something. Uh, when you're passionate mm-hmm. about it. And I think that's the other side of it too, is like find something you can be consistent with, but find those things that you're passionate about. And for sure, I think you'll yeah. remember that you should be consistent with it because that's going to grow if you're consistent with it. And that passion gets to be, uh, fed more, you know? So I think there's that, those two Absolutely. sides of it, you know, that I would, I would love to encourage people to keep in mind is find your passion. And then remember that if you want that passion to grow and be a bigger part of your life, that you have to, uh, commit to a small thing, doing something every day mm-hmm. to, to help that passion grow. And it could be super, super small, which is important to us. When we say just one, literally, if you want to be super fit, we don't care about the, we don't want to get you in shape. We want to get you open the door to you getting in shape. And we know that one push up is the gateway, you know, to doing that. So it's, it's really fun Absolutely. to kind of hear that that's exactly what you've practiced and you continue to practice all the time because uh, I think that that's what truly changes people's lives. Absolutely. And I say, you know, I tell people all the time, pursue your passion because that will eventually lead you to your purpose. Uh, I like that too. Yeah. So, wow. uh, (laughs) man, you're just full of gems, man. (laughs) Wow. Kobe, we, um, I'll, you know, you are an Olympic sprinter, and we haven't talked at all about the Olympics. So I'm, I kind of want to pull us back to that a little bit because, yes. not, I mean, it's a it's a lot of people I think want to know like what is it like to to be on the team. You were you competed in both Sydney and Athens, mm-hmm. and can you share with us whatever that that comes to your mind from those Olympics? Like, what stands out to you about the the opportunity to go to the Olympic Games, represent the United States? Like, at this point now, it's been it's been 15 years or something. What what stands out to you about that experience? What stands out to me about that experience is just knowing the process of, of being dedicated to something and, mm-hmm. and and being able to see the final results. It's like you, you, you dream of something, you dream about it, you think about it, you think about it, you think about it, and then you finally get to see that moment come full circle in your life. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. kind of what stands out to me, like the moment when you're standing on the podium, whether they putting the medal around on your neck, and you're thinking in your mind, Oh my God! I remember the days that I laid on the track and didn't want to do it. You know, I remember the days that I threw up and didn't want to do it. So that's, that's why you see a lot of athletes they get emotional, like because you're yeah, thinking about yeah. those days. Oh, like I man. remember, you know, we started from the bottom and now we're here. You know, with the time you didn't want to do that last three or four hundred meters in, in training, you know, we're here because 
all because of that one, for this one moment. So that 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 just kind of you know something that's always stick as an athlete in their minds is like when you've been through the dedication and the, the discipline and you know and, and taking your bodies to the level that you never could thought it could go for, and then like when you get on that stage and when you're in that moment, it, it, it is surreal. It is surreal. Mm. It's a feeling that I can feel it now. You know, fifteen years later, I can still yeah, feel yeah. what that's like because it, it's, it's surreal. It is surreal. Can Can uh. you tell me a little bit too? Like one of the big things that every athlete has to overcome are not only the days where you just don't feel like practicing or you're throwing up after practice and all those those things that are not really the fun part of training, right? <laughs> that that mm-hmm. uh, but then there's the big obstacles, the big setbacks. You know, and and did you have any? I mean, I think I read, and this is me not knowing my my details perfectly, but that you actually uh, broke a leg, yeah. and, and and in the middle of your season or at the championship mm-hmm. race even, and and uh, and ended up having a, a big setback for a couple of years related to that. I mean, th- those are also the things that you know when you're when you're striving for something. Yeah, I, you're I, all going to face it, right? Yeah, yeah you, you, it, everything is not going to be you know, a bed of roses, you know, you're going to have some difficult times. Like in one of those times in, in, in my career, I was probably in the best shape that I had been in mm-hmm. you know, that year that that all happened. Cause I had trained oh. really hard that, that year. I, I knew that when I stepped on the track, it was going to be tough to beat me. And that year was the indoor championships, which I would have been the favorite to win that because, you know, I, I set the American record in that race, even though my leg was broken, I walked <laughs> away still with the, with the American record. In oh the race. my gosh. And was I this- was, this is 2001, Kobe. Sorry, I, I'm, I just want to clarify. This is 2001 indoors? Is that? Yeah, is indoors, that right? yeah, with, with yeah. Kevin Little and Sean Crawford uh, okay. at the time. So, yeah, that was only, it's only the, in the indoor, they only take the top two. So, I okay. already knew that I, going into this race, I because everybody was putting the focus on Kevin Little, because Kevin Little is a great runner, good yeah. good friend. One, kind of one of what he's up to now. But, uh, but yeah, he, yeah. He, everybody was, he, he was known as the person, you know, that can run indoor 200 meters. So, I knew that I had been training hard. I knew Coach Fry had done a great job of prepping me for that moment. So I knew going into the race, it was going to be tough to beat me because I was in the best shape that I had been in. Wow. And unfortunately, you know, that that race went off. And, and when I crossed the finish line, I, I was getting ready to do my victory lap. And then, unfortunately, that's when, you know, Sean and Kevin kind of got tangled up back there. And next thing you know, I'm down on the ground. And then when I, once I hit, I, I hurt my leg pop. So I knew something was broken. Oh. So, that so you, was, you won the race, and after the race, I won the race. Yeah, I crossed and the then, line before they did. Um, so I was getting ready to do my, my victory that way to the crowd, and boom, because they only take top two, but somehow they got tangled up right there at the finish line. But yeah. I was already going up on the bend, right? Yeah. and then Sean came into the back of me, and so that kind of like set me back. So I didn't get to go to the World Championships, but I had trained hard. But I told myself here again that I was going to go to rehab at least two to three times a week. And I said, in six months, I will be back, and I'll be back strong. And I did that with the rehab three times three times out of the week for six whole months. Didn't miss a day. Went every day, got back, got better, got stronger. And then my very first race on the track, which was Adidas Classic, if you go to YouTube right now, pull up that race. That was I watched first it. Race. I watched it. I, you crushed I it. I won that race yep. and, and ran under 10 seconds, very first yep. race back. Yep. So, that was that was a very defining moment that I that I know. Like if you if you work hard, like I said, you put your mind to something and you tell us if you're gonna do it. And I always lead to like I always keep a notebook while I mean, write stuff down. When you write the vision down and make it plain and clear, mm-hmm. you, you, you you can make it you can make it happen in your life. So I, I'm a big fan of writing things down. Like write write down what you want to manifest into your life. And, yes. and you work hard, trust that. Make Kobe 
we I don't think we've had this conversation. Uh, maybe you've talked with John, but you are, are, have said so many things on this that are so central to our philosophy at Go Be More, whether it's from doing one thing consistently. But one of the other things that we, we honestly, <laughs> we, we are really big believers in is if you have something that you want, then then find some way to make it concrete. Yeah. And the way yes. to make it concrete is to the simplest way is to write it down. Yeah. Like, once it's on paper, it's not a, it doesn't exist in your head anymore. It exists in the world. Like it's it's a real thing now once you put it on paper. And yep. absolutely. And, and that's what we want our shirts to be. It's a funny thing is like the whole idea of the shirt is the the shirt is just a shirt if that's how you're going to wear it. But if you take the shirt and say this is my shirt that is connected to my goal, this dream or this goal. Yeah. Like, this is this shirt represents this goal. Now mm-hmm. that shirt takes on a different meaning for you every time you look at it right that's and that's the same thing writing it down whatever it is you got to do like find some way to take the thing that you're striving to achieve or that you want to become and connect it to something that you can physically touch or hold or or you know connect with yeah it will will make it more powerful yeah and then i was was gonna say too i share this little lesson with you i know y'all got time uh running for time anyway but actually there's a little thing you could do too Mm -hmm. you can take when you wake up in the morning where do you go? You go to the restroom, you look in your mirror. So why, you can write your messages on your mirror so you yep. see them every day. That's and right. you stand there because that's the first place you look or whatever. Yeah. And then you can, you can that's, that's writing it down. And that's, that's, you know, that's manifesting into your life. So I, I believe in that. And, and I'm not a big religious person, but I know in somewhere in that book, the good book, what they call. Yeah, the good book. is to write the vision down. That's powerful in that. So I learned that write write that vision down. I'm gonna tell you, you right now, it? man. When, when I was at the Olympic Training Center getting ready for the 2008 Olympic trials, in my room, in my mirror, I was thankful because my roommates uh, is Mike Hazel, the javelin uh, Olympic javelin thrower for the U.S., and then uh, it was uh, T- uh, Toby Stevenson, the pole vaulter. So we were all roommates stuff, but. Luckily, luckily, we had two bathrooms. One of the bathrooms I kind of took over the mirror, and I had all these goals, man. I I wrote them up. I just left them. I took up like half the mirror. I said, "You can see yourself in the middle." But that whole like part where you don't outside of that your your profile, I, I had it written up, and I would see it every day, man. And and um, that's so powerful. And even today, like the way that I play around with it, just just to share like what I do, like it, and every time I have a negative thought, and there's nobody that mm-hmm. doesn't have negative thoughts. It's just unfortunate we have to battle those those thoughts. They all come up. Those mm-hmm. they're called doubts. If anything, you have doubts, and we all have fears. Absolutely. So what, what I've been le- practicing more and more and more, and it's helped me so much. And I've had to go through some stuff, man. I said, you know what? I'm going to find that positive thing aspect of something that's not working for me, or that's challenging, or that scares me, and I'm going to tell myself the opposite, the positive thing of what it is that scared me. So uh, if, for example, I, I, if I'm worried about, you know, not being able to grow Gobi more, I said, man, Gobi more is the best apparel company in the world. And I just, and then I just keep repeating it. Gobi more is the Mm -hmm. best apparel company in the world. It's the best apparel company in the world. And I just keep telling myself that because I want to believe that more than I want to believe the other thing. And I know that that will lead to a better place where that where that place is going to be. I I don't know, but I know it's going to be good, you know, because the the alternative thought, if I just focus on that, well, I'm pretty sure that's the path I'm going to travel like it or not, you know, because that's where my mind lives. Wherever your mind lives is where you're where you're going to end up living. And I said, man, I'm dreaming of that mansion in the in the mountains. I'm dreaming of the, the, you know, (laughs) I'm dreaming of all the good stuff, you know. 
And I said, absolutely. There's nothing better than, than those things. So it's like repeating those things. You find those positive thoughts, obviously write them down, but hold on to them and just, if anything, turn it into a mantra and just make that your daily thought. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. We, 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 we are where we think. Exactly. Toby, can I ask you? So one of the things we like to ask at the end is, is sort of your, uh, what's your go be more? The next thing, what's the thing you're working towards? What's your, yeah. your big dream that you're working towards? But I, I guess I will frame this as like, what's on your, what's on your bathroom mirror right now? What's, what are you, <laughs> what are you telling yourself to focus on uh, every day uh, oh. to be consistent, to do the one thing? Like, what's your go be more at this point? My, my, my go be more at this moment right now is just being in, in a state of gratitude. Wake up every day, take 15 minutes a day, and just go over the things that I'm thankful for. Like thankful to be alive. I'm thankful that I'm healthy. I'm thankful that I've been kept during this pandemic. Uh, stuff like that. So, and, and also, like I said, the little small project I'm working on, I, I, I see that happening. I just got to be more consistent in that. And that's why I decided to tell myself I need to be consistent in something every single day. So what's on my mirror is, is just, you know, letting myself know that I can do this, you know, stay focused, be disciplined. Uh, and I'm the greatest. You know I mean, how often times we speak those affirmations over ourselves? We get all the negative thoughts in our mind. Uh-huh. How, often do we, how often do we speak something positive over ourselves? Uh-huh. So that's well, what I'm doing. Can I can I say one thing for you too, though, Kobe? Yeah. You're the, yeah, yeah. You're the greatest, man. You're the greatest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, you too. So that, that, that's my go be more. Now, I'm, all right. I'm going to be saying it for you, homie. I'm going to be saying it for you. You know, um, I know we're, we're, we're closing in. I'm going to say my piece real quick and I'll let Brian close it out. Sure. Kobe, man, you're a beautiful man, beautiful spirit, and uh, I, we got to have you back on. There's so much more that we can touch on. I kind of steered this in a so little much bit more. different. <laughs> I steered this in a couple of different directions. I, so I blame myself for that. But you were saying some good stuff, man. This is like it felt like food for the soul, and I had to I had to touch on those things, man. I mean, in honor in, in yeah. honor of all the beautiful lessons that uh, your your wonderful grandmother ha- has taught you, and that you continue to live out every day. I had to go there, man. Uh, and I hope that a lot of people gain yeah, and experience definitely. some of that good uh, uh, food uh, uh, for thought yeah. that we were we were cooking up this, uh, today. So appreciate you, man. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Uh, and, and, I, and I live and I, and I, I say this and I'll let Brian talk. But I, 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 a quote that I came up with, if I myself can inspire one person a day, then my mission is accomplished. Yes, sir. Just one challenge. Just just inspire one person a day. That's it. That's my thing. Kobe, man. Yeah. You, I can spot one person a day. We're over here trying to build this brand, and you're out there living it. I love it. Like it's, <laughs> 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 um, Kobe, where can people find you? Can you tell us what your your Instagram handle, uh, webpage? Yeah. What, where should they go to find you? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram, all platforms, Kobe USA Olympian, at Kobe USA Olympian. That's my Twitter. Perfect. That's my Instagram, and that's my main Facebook fan page is kobe usa olympian i'll link all this stuff up in the show notes as well for people to, to to find it from the podcast apps or the website where they're listening to it uh kobe it was such a pleasure having you on the podcast and we didn't cover like we always do we didn't cover half the questions we had for you but <laughs> i i'm so glad that we had this conversation you have inspired me via instagram for months thank and, you Appreciate and that. being able to meet the person who's posting those posts is has been a great pleasure <laughs> for me and so thank you so much for coming on the podcast and we wish you all the best continue to lead with love and we thank will you. talk to you again soon thank you thank you guys you guys have an awesome friday night you too kobe thank you you too kobe all right see you guys bye 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 thank you all for tuning in you can find links to any articles or items we referenced in the show notes 
Please subscribe and be sure to give us a rating. And remember to tell a friend about the show. The Gobi Moore Podcast is produced by Gobi Moore Apparel. Check us out at gobimore.co. For all of us at Gobi Moore, we are what the world is chasing, and we hope this podcast helps you become what the world is chasing too.